0: when you're exploring dominance and submission is there one who has more power than the other like is the dominant really the one in charge or like how how's that relationship like
1: no the dom's not in charge mm-hmm. the dom is only like proxy for the sub's authority if someone feels like they need to establish their ego or their like status in for their own you know identity's sake then Doming isn't the way to do that. I don't know. Like, learn a new skill or gain confidence some other way. You know? It's dangerous to to render the sub powerless because then it's something
0: else. Today on Beyond Dating, Doyen shared the little known truth about being a dom and a sub. And our sponsor for today's episodes is Beyond, the newest dating app in town. Check it out at datebeyond.co.
1: Just oh doesn't gosh. want to go the same direction? I
0: had a curl that was sticking out. That one, <laughs> that
1: one is me. Right? It's like, doesn't, yeah. doesn't want to go the same direction. Oh goes. yeah,
0: You know, you got to have a little bit of difference going on. A little, tra- yeah, a little you transgression. a little spice.
1: Transgression makes things yeah. work, yeah.
0: So, you know, what's, what's something spicy you want to talk about today?
1: I don't know, like ghost pepper spice? What kind of
0: level? like? Mm, I mean, I want it to feel like there's pepper spray in the room, you know? Let's go. Like, whoa. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, like, like take a knee. Mm-hmm. You got to take a knee after that. Oh, yeah. Kinda... yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we could do that. You want to lead us? Like, I'm happy
0: yeah. You know. So, what's your favorite spicy activity?
1: Spicy activity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to go right there. My favorite spicy activity, like no filter, no filter. honestly, yeah. throat fucking. Ooh. Yeah, it's like my secret sauce. Okay. You know, so like all other sort of activities that like allow for my partner's arousal to reach that level where we can like go into that sort of really deep space together it's kind of magical
0: i've heard of um you know being able to have a throat gasm like orgasming you know Mm -hmm. from throat fucking so how does that come about
1: uh with
0: i don't know like patience and Mm -hmm. like
1: grit so to speak (laughs) (laughs) you gotta stick with it you know it's like uh not for the faint of heart so to Mm -hmm. speak so I think for the for the person who's receiving you they need to really be comfortable right where their bodies and the space and the dynamic is safe enough for you know the exploration to go forward like you know where that progresses beyond like the shallow rhetoric of it you know like the surface level of just like oral because it's not that; it's like that's part of it, but it's not. It's deeper than that, no pun intended. Or pun intended. <laughs> um, and there's a connection between what's happening, like in the throat. Some people say it's the vagus nerve, which is kind of around here. So I don't really think that's the thing that's triggering it. But people have different opinions about it. So through my research, the extensive market research, whenever the you sort of bypass the gag and like get deep into the throat. There's also like a correlated contraction in the like sphincter and pussy. Mm-hmm. So that happens like enough and like good
0: rhythm. It will like, you know, come out the other end. Wow. I didn't know that. So how do you create that you know safe space for your partner when you're trying to experience this?
1: personally i mean it starts with agreements Mm -hmm. ultimately right it starts with agreements between like with the individual establishing a desire for you know such a such an exchange i don't know it always seems really clear when someone desires that it's not Mm -hmm. it's a very clear filter for you know participation like are you into this absolutely Mm -hmm. or like uh, right or they need to build to it like sometimes you know someone who's open to it doesn't have the experience to allow themselves to go there and there's like a progression to get to that point so it's different right like and there are some folks who are like at least encounter me like very like experienced right Mm -hmm. like they've been at least part of the way down the road that I would go. Um, maybe fully or beyond where I would go. Um, but some many most have it, right? Like there's a level of desire, but it needs like scaffolding to get to the throat chasm. <laughs> yeah, whatever you whatever you called
0: it. I've never heard that term, but I, I get it. And the throat chasm. Scaffolding to get to the throat chasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Just climbing up the ladder. Exactly. <laughs> so if I'm new to this and I want to explore. Well, are you? Okay. I mean, <laughs> me personally, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but for those who aren't, you know, mm-hmm. if, um, you're okay. curious. You want to explore, you know, what are some steps that you and your partner could take to, you know, try to do something a little more rough? around um, like specifically with like the throat it doesn't have to be specifically around the throat but mm-hmm. you know just like playing when you're playing with pleasure yeah and sensation yeah things like that yeah i think that's a really good question
1: you know uh, negotiation it sounds like a term that, that's like say for business school or something mm-hmm. like lawyers but it's essential to get into that place, right? Getting a feel for your person, um, what they're really into and being able to lean into someone's desires and sensibilities, their limitations, their boundaries, and then figuring out, I guess, like a, a pathway based on that whole recipe, you know, on how to move past, Certain limitations, mm-hmm. safely, right? So that's abstract. Are we going to give an example? <clears throat> so um, there's a sub that I had an experience with. She might be able to hear this conversation right now. Um, who, when we were first exploring our dynamic with top being and bottoming sub, dom um, dynamic, <clears throat> they hadn't experienced that before explicitly, right? I think, you know, it kind of just occurs, right? It happens, it's, you know, like, oh, someone's just aggressive and Mm -hmm. you like that, right? Um, But then when it's explicit, where there's boundary pushing as part of the agreement, then we have to figure out what the beginning of the boundaries are and just giving and surrendering to being a bottom was like the first one it's like open to this but i might like overreact if you know i'm triggered Mm -hmm. so how do we begin to address that so for instance you know something as subtle as you know playing dress up with someone right where Mm -hmm. they take orders or postures or assumed things that don't require a whole lot of sensation or you know sensory boundaries which can be more challenging than you know sort of roles right position mm-hmm. so things like that are really good to get started establishing those things making agreements a contract mm-hmm. even right like this is what this is and this is how far we'll go and when we get to that point let's reevaluate mm-hmm. um yeah i think and then adding layers and over time and establishing you know how successful We're going to kind of stick with the business terms. Uh, How successful, you know, this this was, right? You know, first time being spanked or flogged or whipped or whatever extreme. Did you like that? You know, are there parts about it that you wish never happened or, right? And from there, you know what the next iteration Mm -hmm. may look like.
0: So when you're pushing boundaries like this and communicating with your partner, what's the process after you've hit, like, the limit? What's that process like? How do you pull them back in and show them that, you know, they're still in this place of, like, love and care and support?
1: How I do it or in general? In general, like, a tip for somebody. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think sort of eye contact is crucial, you know, especially after – you know, like you get to a, a critical point, like eye contact, like humanizing. There's an aspect of that experience where the bottom has assigned, you know, their authority for me to, or a top a dom in the scenario to make a good decision or a series of good decisions, good choices. And if one of those choices, you know, leads to you know, problem, trouble, pain, hurt in any way then it's critical that whoever's doming is like also taking the accountability to like you know begin with humanizing themselves and being humble enough to accept that there's like more you know to uncover so how that person's feeling you know apologizing if it's authentic maybe Mm -hmm. my apologies can be problematic yeah when you know They're shallow and don't have action behind them. You know, uh, being available to take correction and implement the correction as soon as they're able. Right, Because it can be emotional both ways. Like if there's a problem in a scene, whoever made the mistake is also not feeling good. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's not always that way, but. You shouldn't be doming anyone if you make a mistake and you don't have any feelings about it that's you can just put that on the cover right Mm -hmm. like if you're doming someone and you make a mistake or told that you like created some hurt or some pain and you don't feel anything in regards to that then you should stop Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right so yeah i think you know emotionally physically there's a tremendous amount of accountability that's part of that role, which is probably why most people don't want to be in that position. Mm-hmm.
0: So, how did you get into this?
1: That's a long. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long story. Um, informally, I guess would like cover it. Blink like blanket statement. Informally, for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember the first instance where I was aware that I was doming someone. Uh, It was, I don't know, it was, I was young, you know, like, I don't know, like 19, 20 years old. And um, I had partners that I would see, you know, regularly and experiment with things because I just felt like very experimental with my sexuality at that age. And um we tried things that were clearly not part of like the sort of sex position, you know, pleasure exchange, you know, uh, uh, uh standards. Right? Um you know, choking, restriction. Um, dangerous objects. I won't list them because I don't want to create any perceptions of me. I was, I admittedly did not know what I was doing, but I was very interested and it felt natural for me. I watched a film. I was, I don't know, in a music studio with a bunch of people, and then someone had a great idea to put this porno on the TV of this like really hardcore scene, this person who did like really hardcore films. And I had a a moment where after like, I don't know, like I said, sharing these things informally, seeing someone make agreements on camera, fulfill those agreements, and then like check in with the person at the end and establish whether or not they were having a great time like really blew my mind. I was pretty young still, like maybe 23. It was like intense stuff. And no, there was no internet that, sh- that had like access to content like this at that time. Right? You can find these things now. But um, yeah. And that really got me thinking. I was like, wait a second. You know, this kind of challenges my beliefs about what women at that, because those who that's who my partners were, what women would tolerate and what could be pleasurable in in that. So I just sort of like threw it away and decided to, you know, be a little more, I don't know, brazen about that and like more communicative about it.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. Okay, so then what really is sense play for people who don't
1: know? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... You know, it's in the words like sensorial, you know, um, anything that is going to challenge the nerves that are not necessarily on the sex centers of the body, you know, um, temperature, various objects, you know, pressure, uh, pain, soft objects, right, extremes and experiences so you know there's a category called sharps um, there's rope there's leather there's metal um, there's you know flogging spanking caning you know impact right kind of goes around all of those um, asphyxiation in various ways what I'd like to say there's a choke there's a crank and there's a strangle right so like just for restricting breathing you know they're not and not everything that restricts breathing is a choke. Like there's a, there's a strangle, there's a choke, and there's a
0: crank. You can know? you can you share what the differences are between those?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'd say like a choke is in general going to, you know, limit the like uh, blood flow to the carotid arteries,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So like there's this thick artery right here that's and if you press on it it's gonna like stop blood flow to the brain and you will go unconscious Mm -hmm. and typically when people are choked right that is what they're desiring when right while a strangle is really about like the wind like the trachea i think is what we're talking about right like compression here like okay you know if i were to I don't know. These may be loose definitions, but this is how I categorize it. A strangle is like where I'm looking to like cut off like the windpipe, but not, you know, put pressure on like the blood between the body and the brain. And the crank is like pressure that doesn't necessarily stop either, but it's pressure on the area to the point that it can be overwhelming or stimulating, depending on how much. Sensitivity there is.
0: Oh wow, that's so interesting. I like, I'm kind of exploring in this space, but yeah. like I, I'm, I'm don't know very deep. So that's like really helpful. Actually, it's kind of like, technical. Like, yeah,
1: I think you know, for it's a technical exchange, right? But I think the choices that are being, the authority that's being assigned, <laughs> the authority that's being assigned warrants a, a level of technical awareness Mm -hmm. in order to maintain the safety of a scene. Mm
0: -hmm. So what are some other ways that you can maintain safety when you're exploring in these scenes?
1: Um, Yeah. Some other ways I think would have to do with safe words, Mm -hmm. um, check-ins before and after, which, you know, have levels of complexity. You're not even someone who's the most experienced, you know, you're going to make assumptions and mistakes potentially with with people that you're uh, familiar with. I mean, that's something that occurs, you know, with in the closest relationships. There's, you know, also a need to stay and refamiliar, stay familiar and refamiliarize with what a partner desires and needs, and you know, being available to. Like receive correction is probably the most important thing. But having like safety words, signs, symbols, things, you know, like in jujitsu, we do that.
0: Yeah. So like I think that's, out. yeah, tap out. I think that mm-hmm. one's
1: pretty clear. So you don't need to be able to speak to do it, but mm-hmm. you do need your hands. So that's mm-hmm. a thing. So if someone's tied or like strapped down some way, then you need another way.
0: So if somebody's like tied, what what is your other way? Say I'm tied, I'm. I have yeah
1: a- i am not i would never take away every way that someone could communicate mm-hmm. right so like you you're gonna need your mouth or your hands mm-hmm. to be able to give a signal but i so I wouldn't dare take away both good tip <laughs> right um yeah. yeah in general, I'd say like it's just safe to like make sure that someone's no has space in a scene
0: so when you're exploring dominance and submission, is there one who has more power than the other? Like, is the dominant really the one in charge? Or, like, how is that relationship like?
1: No, the dom's not in charge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the dom's not in charge. The dom is only, like, proxy for the sub's authority, the sub's power, you know? It's like the sub says, you know, for the sake of this scene, for the sake of the pleasure that we're going to exchange here is like the authority to enact these things mm-hmm. but that agreement and the you know the scope of that agreement is completely the subs to establish you know wow this is this is
0: very eye-opening for-
1: <laughs> yeah like I don't know if it's not if someone feels like they need to establish their ego or their like status in for their own, you know, identity's sake, then doming isn't the way to do that. I don't know, like, learn a new skill or gain confidence some other way, you know? It's dangerous to to render the sub powerless because then it's something else.
0: Mm -hmm. So do you have any, you know, tips for people who are curious about exploring and dominance and submission or... Um, sense play in other ways
1: yeah absolutely just you know I I think the one of the best ways to get familiar with things is like try things on yourself Mm -hmm. and you'll understand you know there'll be an instant where you're clearly drawn to applying it to yourself which might mean that you're also more willing to apply it to someone else Um, you may really appreciate a sensation but don't really have the grit to apply it to yourself, and which might really suggest that you're more sub submissive mm-hmm. than a top, more more of a bottom than a top. Right, because there's a difference yeah. between bottom and topping, and like dominating and.
0: Can you um, explain the the difference? Yeah, you
1: know, I would say there, there doesn't need to be kink involved. Mm-hmm. To have a top and bottom in a scene.
0: Okay. So, what does that mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so Let me unpack it a little bit. So, you know, penetration or oral or massage and caressing and tantra and these things don't necessarily require any kink, right? Um, and you can have a top in that scene and a bottom, like someone who is creating the sensations while the other is receiving the sensation or someone who's sort of leading the scenario because you know the, the top could be telling the bottom what to do to create the sensation, right? From the bottom, a bottom can top, right? So right? From the, the person on the bottom can top with their voice, with their confidence in, this, in the scene. Right? Their experience. While, you know, uh, a Dom is by definition topping, while also adding in complexity with, like, you know, things that are not necessarily involving, like, pleasuring erogenous zones. The entire scene becomes the, like, the erogenous zone, like the agreement that you will sit on your knees facing this direction until I release you, right? That's topping, but it's dominance where, you know, there's something other than the sex that's being, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: exchanged or or developed in that scene. Mm
0: -hmm. So is there anything else that from your personal experience that has, you know, that like led you to exploring the dom-sub lifestyle?
1: Uh, I mean, so many things. It just, I feel like for me, it just happens that way very naturally. I think, you know, of course, we're unpacking all the complexity of being human and everything that comes before this moment, right? Like it's part of the decision. Um, But for sure, you know, the feedback that I receive is a necessary part of that you know if the feedback that i was receiving was like uh, maybe not so much then i probably wouldn't be as enthusiastic about it mm-hmm. but i'd say you know one of the things it's like a feedback loop really you know where the more energy i can support and create as a dom or top the more i'm asked to do it
0: Interesting. So it just like continues on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, do you have anything else to share? Like,
1: I mean, yeah, we can just, we just, what do you (laughs) want to, what do you want to know? There's so many
0: things. (laughs) Fun, juicy tip. If I'm, if I'm wanting to embrace being a sub Mm -hmm. and build my confidence doing that.
1: Mm.
0: And the same for if I want to embrace being a Dom and build my confidence doing that.
1: Yeah, like focus on one area at a time, Mm -hmm. right? There's so many things you can explore. Um, There's, you know, a a depth of knowledge and experience and and like nuance in choking Mm -hmm. and sharps or rope, shabari in particular, right? Like I'm a dom, but I am not the most you know, experienced in shabari. I think there are people who are like spectacular at that, like artists, really. Um, you know, it's like a lifetime's worth of work. Uh, so, choose a thing, explore it, see how you feel with that. Um, find the the limits, find the boundaries on in that thing, and then you know, explore another thing. You know, explore that thing with multiple partners if possible, if that's part of your lifestyle. And, you know, the great thing about kink exploration, it doesn't require the person that you're exploring it with to be your lover, right? You can be tied by someone who is technically skilled and who can dom, but doesn't have to have any, you know, explicit sexual exchange involved other than, you know, shabari or knife play or choking it it might be depending on the energy and the chemistry like it can develop it's like very it's adjacent you know what i mean um yeah so i'd say for sure choose an area and explore you know find the range and then one thing will lead to another i know it sounds pretty cliche but quite literally you know if you enter into vlogging and spanking i think that's probably the most accessible entry point people really like to be spanked it's like easy you mm-hmm. know it doesn't require much and like it's quite simple to understand how to build up pressure and like get someone to like express their limits vocally right because it doesn't require that they're restricted it doesn't take Too much technical skill. Um, For topping, I would say, you know, or doming, like, you know, if you're using, you know, you're doing the thing, I'm the one like using the tools or whatever. Again, like find an area that you want to explore and practice it on yourself first to know how much anyone or how much you can take of this thing. Before you give it to someone else.
0: That's like, a good tip.
1: Do not start experimenting on other people's bodies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it just makes all the sense, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, start slow before you just, like, go for it. Like, it's great to sort of try to be the scene that you saw that made you want to do it. Right? It's like, yeah, you want to be this porn scene. Right? It's like, yeah. it's fantastic. But, you know, those are experienced people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, like, respect, like, what's at stake. It's like, physical, emotional harm and, you know, the, the relationship itself is at stake. So, you know, like, honor those things.
0: Nice. So do you currently have a sub? And if so, what is that relationship like?
1: I have, I have subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, those relationships are fantastic. Um, I'm really, I don't know. I'm in a place in my life now where maybe for the first time ever, um, I feel like there's like harmony across all of that. And it's been sustained, sustaining that way. It's amazing. So I think it's a testament of how the work is going. It's not always perfect. Still receive corrections or like a tap, a nudge. Or, you know, to be aware of things that are happening with them, between us, between them, right? Between my partners, even. Uh, So, yeah, it requires, like, leaning in all the time, being available to say, okay, so tell me more about that. What can I do about that, right? So I think that's the nature of what allows it to to go well. But yeah, you know, so um, so I want to give a shout out to, to a sub out there. So when we started this and we had a conversation about what I'd, how we were going to refer to me mm-hmm. and the name that we're using for this conversation is Doyen, um, which was selected by one of my subs um, that was specifically a non sort of hierarchical title like Sir or master or, or right um I don't know I, some people I don't think Daddy's necessarily hierarchical it's just a it's a role, but you know is a, is a daddy more is superior to a child? I don't think so, not if you ask the dad, so anyway, um just kinda kind of getting back to off the metaphor, but into this subject, so that name was given. me by one of the subs so i just want to like say hi and um yeah it's going well i think it's going well i'm not getting any cue that i'm in a problematic area right now from i think it's all good Mm
0: -hmm. that's good i'm so happy that that's going well and this has been very insightful yeah so thank you very much for sharing all this yeah
1: yeah it's a pleasure oh can i share one more thing yeah of course so a part one of my partners and I, um, and then a community that has been developing around this work that we do, offers something that allows people to sort of touch this space in a way that is meaningful, right because there's a level of sort of existential reality that comes to question when you like really. Give into who you are sexually, what that means to you as an entire being. To allow that to be, I don't know, sovereign and you know, have agency around that. So we we do work that's like a meditation around this that sort of activates people's sense of community, so they're not going through it alone. Um, you know, their senses, so you know that sensory experience becomes part of their existential experience you know what i mean like how who i who am i that part and their senses go together right we're all a combination of those things so we offer a meditation that's part of that it's called ecstatic frequencies it's not easy to come by but if you do you know if someone tells you about it then maybe just lean into it a little bit mm-hmm. it might be something helpful for you too
0: i'll definitely check it out mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing
1: yeah my pleasure hey.
0: Well, hopefully we'll talk again soon and I'll be able to experience that meditation with you.
1: Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for hosting that.
0: Of course.